welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there. We do comedy, drama, and variety on Tuesday. We've been doing a lot of comedy lately, and we'll keep on doing comedy because you seem to like it. Today, uh, we're going to do an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly. I think we have done one previous episode of Fibber McGee and Molly, but uh, producer Daniel went out on the internet and asked some radio fans for their favorite episodes of Fibber McGee and Molly because Fibber McGee and Molly was on for a long time. It started in the mid-30s and didn't stop until about 1954-55, so uh, it was on a long time and very, very popular show. I transferred a lot of them from the original transcription discs, which were uh, donated by NBC Hollywood to Debbie Reynolds' Hollywood Museum Project. did this about 30-some years ago, and so I'm sure I've heard this at one point because this would have been something, this time period is the exact time period that I did transfer those original glass transcription discs. This particular one is from January 12th, 1943, and a listener who answered producer Daniel's inquiries named Tom Macht is the one who suggested this particular episode and says it's a really great example of the quick-witted, rapid-fire banter between Fibber, Molly, and the other characters on the show. And I'm sure I've heard it 30-some years ago, but it will be nice and refreshing to hear it again now. So here we go. Uh, Fibber, McGee, and Molly from January 12th, 1943. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by Billy Mills Orchestra and the King's Men. The show opens with Be Young Again. about this time of year, we always receive a number of letters from customers and friends who find out it's a good thing to put wax on their shoes and boots. Why don't you tell everybody, they write, that Johnson's Wax helps to make shoes water and weatherproof, keeps them soft and pliable and protects the leather. Well, I certainly haven't any objection to passing that good word along because I use wax on my own shoes and on my riding boots and saddles and leather gloves too and my luggage. The fact is, I've always been a great booster for using Johnson's Wax on things made of leather. So if any of you think wax is only meant for your floors, furniture, and woodwork, you only know half the wax story. There are 100 extra ways to use Johnson's Wax around your home for the conservation and protection of your things to make them last longer, look better, and clean more easily. Yeah.
If you were secretary of the Wistful Vista Chamber of Commerce and wanted to appoint somebody to go to the hospital and visit one of the members who was ill, you'd want somebody who was quiet and modest and soothing and thoughtful and tactful and soft-spoken, wouldn't you? Somebody like Fibber McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. So when I volunteers to go visit this sick member, there was a dead silence. They were all probably dumbfounded to see a man of my importance taking time for such a kindly act. Yeah, that must have been it. Betcha. Who are you going to the hospital to cheer up in spite of everybody? <clears throat> well, I, uh... Oh, my gosh, imagine that. The secretary forgot to tell me. <laughs> well, anyway, I gotta go down there and cheer him up. Take him some candy and cigarettes and tell him a few funny gags. Well, what's the matter with this unknown patient up till now? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you better find out. Huh? You know, if he's got appendicitis, you can't take him candy. No? And if he's had his tonsils out, he can't smoke. And if his jaw's dislocated, he can't laugh at those funny gags. You see? Oh, gee, I never thought of that. I better call the secretary right now. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the whistle, Mr. Chamber of Commerce on the second floor of Mert. Is that you? Oh. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Busy. What say, Mert? You haven't? She hasn't what? Hasn't heard a word from any of her relatives. Well, <laughs> thank goodness. What say, Mert? Oh, except her cousin, she said. No. What about your cousin, Mert? He bought what? 1,500 pounds of horse meat. Heavenly days to eat. No, he's going to ride it to work and save his tire. <laughs> what say, Mert? Oh, 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 you got the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> oh, hello, is this Mr. Powers? This is Pippa McGee speaking, Dick. Yeah. Say, who am I supposed to visit in the hospital and what's the matter with him? Who? Oh, my gosh, I'll get right down there right away, Mr. Powers. Okay, goodbye. Who is it, dearie? Billy Mills. No, what's wrong with him? I don't know. They said it was nothing serious. I saw him just yesterday, and he looked as good as I do. As bad as that? <laughs> I wonder if I hadn't better make him a bowl of soup or something. No, nah, I might hurt the hospital's feeling. Hey, uh, let's take him that fruitcake Aunt Sarah sent us for Christmas. Fruitcake for a sick man? Yeah, well, he's already sick, ain't he? <laughs> Personally, I can't stand that stuff. And then I'll stop and get him some cigars and some candy and a book of cheap Wahoo comics. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Billy, I certainly hope it's nothing serious. I probably got a little touch of band leader's bumps. <laughs> what on earth are band leader's bumps? That's what you get when you play Mr. Five by Five so, so much, somebody socks you with a two by four. When have I got to get candy, magazines, cigars? You know, I don't think Mr. Mill smokes cigars. He smokes cigarettes. Well, it's time he learned to smoke cigars. Why, when I was only 17 years old, I could smoke cigars. Come in. Hello there, kids. Welcome home. Well, well, Mr. Oldtimer, it's nice to see you again. Now, what do you mean, welcome home? You're the one that's been away. I certainly have. I mean, I certainly have. <laughs> Had a trip, too. Spent three weeks in Chicago. Ah, the old windy city. How is the old town since we left, old-timer? <coughs> not so windy, Johnny, not so windy. <laughs> Slowed down to a breeze. Well, did you go on the train, Mr. Oldtimer? Sure did, daughter. Wonderful trip. Got to talk to a sergeant just back from the front. Told me all about the war. Hope he didn't spill any military secrets. Nope. Too smart for that, Johnny. When he come to a secret, he'd just say some vegetable instead. Oh, uh, how do you mean? Well, sir, daughter, he tells me his troop ship, the SS Rutabaga, left the harbor of sweet potato on the lima bean of green peas. <laughs> Says it was escorted by three big golden bantams and a small fleet of turnips with four-motored onions flying overhead. Must have been a, 
must have been a very nourishing experience. Oh, uh, well, it's kind of thrilling, Johnny. Yeah? He says they arrived at North Succotash about the 14th of celery and went into action immediately. Wow. Says they killed 3,000 cabbages and captured 600 radishes. <laughs> he says, don't repeat it to anybody, but he got inside information that the war will be over by the squash of April, 1900 and garlic. <laughs> Nineteen hundred and garlic. Well, we won't breathe a word of it. <laughs> That's pretty good, daughter. Well, I've got to be running along now. What's your hurry, Mr. Oldtimer? Want to get me a paper and see if there's any answer to my ad, daughter. Your ad? What ad? Put a ad in the paper, Johnny. Yeah? Wanted. Woman with pound of butter and a pig to meet man with can of syrup and a frying pan. <laughs> Object? Wheat cakes and sausage. Well, so long. Where's the hospital, Molly? You got the fruitcake and the candy? Yes, have you got the magazines and the cigars and the malted milk and the donuts? Yep. I got him a taffy apple, too, but it looks so good I ate it myself. <laughs> I got some bubble gum for him instead. With bubble gum, you can... Wait a minute, McGee. Hmm? Here comes Mrs. Uppington. Uh-oh. Old Nightmare Nellie, the girl of my dreams. <laughs> wonder what she's been doing at the hospital. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe getting an estimate on having her face lifted, dearie. What? Again? That mug that mug has been hoisted so many times now, it's all she can do to keep her feet on the ground. Now, McGee, I don't Hello there, Abigail, darling. So nice to see you. Oh, how do you do, Mr. McGee? And Mr. McGee. Hi, Eppy. Congratulations. You got the right spirit. Right spirit about what, McGee? Can't you see? She's pooling her shoulders to take all those little minks for a ride. <laughs> Very, very amusing, Mr. McGee. <laughs> May I ask your wife a question? Why, certainly, Abigail. What is it? Well, tell me, Mrs. McGee, what is the annual yield of corn from one little wiseacre like Mr. McGee? <laughs> <laughs> well, Abigail... 
Abigail, if it was all piled up in one corner of the field, it would be quite a shock. <laughs> but what are you doing down here at the hospital? Oh, I came down here to visit my housekeeper, Mrs. Underwood. What's the matter with her, Uppy? She sprained a ligament in her arm, the poor soul. Oh, how? Oh, we had unexpected guests for dinner last evening, and she tried to stretch a filet mignon. <laughs> simply must go buy my war bond, thanks to Mr. McGee. Yeah, why thanks to me? Because every time I see you, Mr. McGee, I think of inflation. <laughs> and when I think of inflation, I think how important it is that this country maintain financial control during and after this war, which means everyone must buy all the war bonds he possibly can. So please stay out of my sight for the rest of the week. I'm over my budget now. <laughs> Goodbye, Mrs. McGee. Goodbye, Abigail. Well, come on, inflation... Or, I mean, McGee. I'm glad you didn't tell Uppy about Billy Mills. She could never cheer anybody up. She's a walking lull if I ever saw one. Well, come on. Say, so you better ask the nurse at the desk where Mr. Mills is, McGee. Yeah, look at her giving us the once-over. Why do all the hospitals have some eagle eye at the desk that looks at you like you'd come in to blow the joint up? Hey, sis, could you Shh, tell us... Please, be more quiet. All right. <laughs> But we wanted to know where we could find Mr. Mills. He's a patient here. Mills? That's right. Well, just a minute. I'll find out. Hey, Considine, what room is Mills in? Who? Mills. Room 502. Oh, much obliged, Considine. What say, Murphy? I said thanks. Oh, don't mention it. So Mr. Mills is in room... Shh, not so loud, please. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, excuse me. Uh, Wistful Vista Hospital, Miss Murphy speaking. Who? No, madam, I'm sorry, but Dr. Case is out on a bender. Uh, I mean, Dr. Bender is out on a case. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll be glad to tell him. He... Come on, now. <coughs> Room 502. Don't drop that fruitcake. Hey, there ain't any elevator man here. Hmm? Not so loud, Mickey. And this is one of those elevators you run yourself. Hmm. Get in and press the button with the five on it. Okay. You ready? Ready. Here we go. Heavenly Peggy. Noisy, isn't it? Huh? Noisy, I say. What say? I say it's awful noisy, isn't it? Better tell me later, Molly. The elevator makes so much noise, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm glad that's over. Me too. Hey, sis, can you tell us where we can... What was it, please? We're visiting one of the patients, room 502. Oh, I'm sorry. The patient has just gone to the delivery room. Delivery room? <laughs> Is he expecting a package? McGee. <laughs> the delivery room... Oh, my goodness, there must be some mistake, dearie. Oh, no, there isn't, madam. And I may tell you the whole staff is interested in this case. It's going to be twins, at least. Hey, what? Twins? You mean Billy Mills? Shh, quiet, please. And who did you say? Mr. Mills. Billy Mills in 502, the man we came here to see. Oh, they gave you the wrong card at the desk. We have a Mrs. Millie Bills in 502. <laughs> you want room 306. Oh, well, much obliged, sis. Back in the elevator, McGee. Okay, okay, don't crowd me now. This malted milk is dripping as it is. <laughs> the candy all set. Not so loud, please. Oh, I thought you were gone. <laughs> Press button number three, dearie. Okay. 
remind me to write to General Eisenhower about that elevator. <laughs> Imagine a tank that goes straight up and down. McGee. Huh? I just sworn I saw Mr. Wilcox go in that third door there. Ah, oh, you're imagining things. What would he be doing down here on a Tuesday night? Which door was it? This one? Yes. It says nurse's training. You suppose, say, you suppose he's got a date with a nurse? Let's peek and see. Oh, no, that wouldn't be right, McGee. I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, don't be selfish. Let me see, too. Oh, when you girls go out on a case, always be sure that strict sanitation prevails wherever food is prepared. Be sure the linoleum floors are sparkling and immaculate. This can best be done with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, which is very easily applied and shines as it dries with no rubbing or buffing. Glow coat seals surfaces against dust and dirt and dampness which is very important from a health standpoint. Miss Demuley, please put that gum in the wastebasket. <laughs> You'll find, girls, that most housekeepers today use Johnson's glow coat, but in those rare cases where... Hmm. Old Professor Wilcox, M.D. M.D.? Mighty determined to sell his wax one way or another. <laughs> well, come on, Molly, before this malted milk goes flat. We won't... Oh, wait a minute, McGee. Here comes the doctor. Where? Oh, the guy in the white coat. Hi, Doc. Good afternoon. You are visitor? Yes, yes, to see Mr. Mills. How's he getting along? Splendidly, splendidly. What was the name again? <laughs> Mills. Billy Mills. Oh, yes. Oh, he's doing very nicely. Isn't he the tall, thin, dark chap? Uh, no. No, Mr. Mills is short and heavy set, and uh, uh, he's blonde, isn't he, McGee? I don't remember, and I doubt if Billy does. <laughs> He's the guy in 306, Doc. Ah, yes, 306. Uh -huh. Getting along nicely. Oh, fine. Though we don't like to make specific statements in most cases. Everything is relative, you know. Yes, indeed. Things are never what they seem. For instance, there is nothing so permanent as a temporary filling, or as temporary as a permanent wave. <laughs> uh, well, if you will excuse me, you will be quiet, won't you? Uh, yes, we will, Doctor. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Mills. Come on, McGee. I'm tired of carrying these packages. This real sick Well, hello, Mom. Hello, Skim. Hello, Mr. Mills. Hi, Billy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We come down to cheer you up, kid. Yes, sir. Well, how do you feel? Kind of rocky, eh? Hey, here's a chocolate malted for you and some donuts. And give well, him a hunk of fruitcake, Molly. Hey, Billy, did you ever hear the one about the guy that... Oh, I almost forgot. Here, have a cigar. McGee. You ever hear the one... Toss him one of those magazines, Molly. Yeah. It's a very funny story, Billy, about the fella. Hey, you like bubble gum? It's all kinds of fun. Yeah. Anyway, it seems there was these two fellas. See, Pat and Mike, we'll call them. Uh, McGee. Huh? Stop slapping Mr. Mills on the knee. Oh, that's okay. I won't catch anything. I got my gloves on. <laughs> hey, here's a box of candy for you, Billy, old man. Chocolate-covered cherry. For goodness sakes, McGee, be quiet a minute. Huh? This is no way to treat a sick man. Are you very sick, Mr. Mills? Not sick at all, Mom. Feel swell. You're not sick? Then what you here for? Spend a couple of days here every two years. Get checked up. Gives me a nice rest, too. Mm. Two days in the hospital when you're not even sick? Don't you get lonesome? Nope. Anyway, I had a roommate up till this morning. Oh, too bad he couldn't have stayed. I know. He'd have been gone even sooner, but he took a turn for the nurse. <laughs> have a donut yourself, Skimp. Thanks, I will. Donut, Molly? No, thank you. So you're not sick at all, Mr. Mills, huh? Never felt better, Mom. Mind if I drink this malted milk, Billy? Help yourself. Eat the candy, too. Oh, I never touch it. Mr. Thanks. Mills, now, I'll bet you're really sick and you won't tell us. Honest, Mom. Stick out your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, look at it, Molly. It's all black. Heavenly day. Oh, it's nothing. My nurse is nearsighted. Hmm? She took my temperature this morning with her fountain pen. <laughs> Have some bubble gum, Billy? 
No, thanks. Mm. Hey, Mom. Yeah? Press that button on the wall there, will you? All right. Thanks. What does that do? That's the signal for the nurse. Oh, maybe we better leave again. Yeah. No, no, no. Stay here, Mom. I always press that button when I don't want to be disturbed for an hour or so. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm sure glad you ain't sick, Will. Here, have a chocolate-covered cherry. No thanks, Drip. Huh? I said no thanks. They drip. Oh. <laughs> I missed a word. You know, I think he looks wonderful, don't you, McGee? Except that he's kind of drawn around the mouth. Been suffering much pain, Mr. Mims? I'm not sick, Mom. I feel fine. Just here for a checkup. People get that look sometimes before they get sick, Molly. You they know do, that. They do, huh? Anyway, that ain't what worried me. What gets me is that twitch in his left temple. You see? That's a sure sign of fallen arches. Is that what makes his lips so blue-looking, too, dearie? Absolutely. Though the whites of his eyes looking so yellow, that don't mean anything. That could be a simple case of either jaundice or low metazolism or whatever that's called. I knew a guy once that had metazolism. McGee. Huh? Come on, dearie. Huh? Where? Mr. Mills has fallen asleep. We better go. What do you mean we gotta go? After all the trouble we took to come down here and cheer him up? Oh, sir. Hey, Billy, wake up. Where's your man? McGee, for goodness sakes, don't Look, do when it. I come to a hospital to cheer somebody up, they're going to cheer up and like it, see? <laughs> hey, Billy, wake up. Grab his other shoulder, Molly. We'll shake him away. Hey, Billy. Billy. <gasps> what time is it? Oh, McGee, this is terrible. We should... Snap out of it, Billy. I got some great gags to tell you. <laughs> Boy, they'll kill you. <laughs> If he gets drowsy again, Molly, slap him in the puss with a wet towel. <laughs> hey, Billy, did you ever hear the one about the knight of the round table who was scared of horses? <laughs> this is a honey. Well, sir, this knight wouldn't ride a horse, see? So he put a saddle on a big Great Dane dog. <laughs> He'd ride all over the kingdom on this dog, see? And one night... Men singing lullaby of the herd. Steady, steady. Oh, how shall I go to sleep? My dog is just a breeze, gently stirred. Nothing bad comes to harm. Sing the lullaby of the herd In the sky there'll be other masters Won't be long, here's my word By and by there'll be greener pastures Where they sing the lullaby of the herd Don't be any dust where you're going to You'll be doing just what you want to do Dingy-a-ma-doo Do me a ma oh, hush a Don't you fret, my doggies, till the time has occurred Your partner will stay Do, do me on my day. 
Come splashing out in the rain Just as the knight was climbing back onto the Great Dane, see And he says, okay, he says I've changed my mind, he says I'll give you a room I wouldn't turn a knight away on a dog like this (laughs) 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 You better finish up this fruitcake, Billy There's only a little piece of it left No, thanks Heavenly days, have you eaten all that fruitcake, dearie? No, not all of it I dropped a little hunk of it in Billy's bed, I guess Part with some walnuts and raisins in it, too <laughs> You're lucky I didn't drop a chocolate-covered cherry <laughs> Hey, where are they? You ate those, too, McGee I did? Well, Billy shouldn't be eating such rich stuff like that, anyway Just laying there in bed, no exercise Hey, Billy, did I ever tell you the one about the guy that was up? What is this, Halloween? Come in Well, Mr. Wimple Hello, folks, hello, Mr. Mills Hello, folks <laughs> I'm glad to see you back, wimp old man. Have a nice trip? Oh, just gorgeous, Mr. McGee. It's a beautiful trip from here to Philadelphia. Yeah? I never saw such scenery. Oh, what was it like, Mr. Wimple? I never saw it. They had the shades down for the black eye. <laughs> Miss Sweetie Face, Wallace? Oh, not very much, Mr. Mills. I had a picture with me all the time. Hmm. The one she sent me when we were corresponding through the matrimonial agency. <laughs> oh, so that's how you met Sweetie Face. Through a bride and bachelor bingo club, eh? Yes. I sent her my picture, and she sent me her picture. Oh, was it love at first sight? It was for her, Mrs. McGee. It took me longer. You see, Sweetie Face sent me her picture on a jigsaw puzzle so the shock wouldn't be too sudden. (laughs) There's still a piece missing out of her nose, but off her it looks good. Glad to see you back, Wallace. Oh, indeed she was. She grabbed me and almost smothered me. With kisses? No, just smothered me. (laughs) She was mad because I lost one of my shirts in the laundry. Well, it was nice of you to come down and see Billy on your first day home, Wimp. How'd Sweetie Face ever let you out? Oh, she didn't want me to go, but I insisted. Yeah? So she finally said, all right, go down to the darn old hospital if you must, but let's make it worthwhile. So she broke my arm, see? Heavenly days. You better go get it looked after. Oh, it's all right, Mrs. McGee. This is the one she always breaks. Last time I... Last time I had them put a hinge on a bone. Well, goodbye now. Well, now that we've cheered Billy up, Molly, I guess we better go too, huh? As soon as I finish this last donut. Well, don't hurry away. Oh, I think we better. Uh, did you ring, Mr. Mills? Yes, but you didn't have to drop everything and run in here, baby. When can I leave? Well, right now, if you like. Your reports are all in and everything's fine. Your visitors can either step outside or you can dress behind the screen. Well, we'll just step outside for a few minutes. Oh. Hey, look at Skip. Oh. He's turning purple. Mickey, what's the matter, dearie? Oh, oh, I... <laughs> I don't feel good. Oh, oh, Mr. Mills, get out of that bed. Uh, Here, madam, help me get this man up there. All right. Take off his shoes. Oh, never mind my shoes. My feet don't hurt. (laughs) It's my stomach. Oh, 
It looks like acute indigestion. Oh. What's he been eating? Box of candy, fruit cake, corned milk, six donuts, and some bubble gum. Oh. McGee, darling, uh, lie down, dearie. Yeah. Let Mother loosen your collar. Uh, get a doctor, nurse. Please. Yes, right away, Mother. This oh, looks oh, oh, I told him not to put an egg in that malted. <laughs> now, you just be calm, dearie. The doctor will be here in a minute. Oh. What's the matter, Mr. Mills? Hand me the phone, Mom. Oh. Thanks. Hello? Operator? Give me the West Vesta Chamber of Commerce. Yeah? Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh! Never mind that, Mert. Give me the Chamber of Commerce. Hello? Is this you, Mr. Powers? Billy Mills speaking. From the hospital. Mr. McGee is sick down here, and I want you to send somebody down to cheer him up. Oh, how nice. How nice, Billy. Yes, Boris Karloff, if you can get him. sabotage has become very familiar to all of us this past year. If I use the expression dirt sabotage, I wonder how many of you ladies would know just what I mean. Well, then I'll explain. During the winter months, dirt is really a problem. It comes into the house at the front and back doors on shoes, rubbers, and on the feathery feet of that favorite cocker spaniel of yours, I know. And there's another dirt spot in winter, around the radiators and especially on windowsills. Now, if that dirt isn't removed, it soon gets all through the house. Not only does damage to the finish of floors and furniture and to rugs and fabrics, but it can be a health menace, too, because dirt favors germs. And so dirt that isn't controlled does cause sabotage. Now, what can you do about it? Well, you all know by now that regular applications of Johnson's Wax Paste Liquid or Cream at those dirt spots on the floors in front of doorways and on windowsills make it much easier to keep them clean, to keep the whole house gleaming and more sanitary. Well, how do you feel now, McGee? Much better, thanks. But I guess I shouldn't have eaten all that stuff. I'm ashamed of you. Yeah. Making a pig of yourself. Yeah. A great big pig. Yeah. And on a meatless day. Huh? Oh, good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Characters of Wallace Wimple and the old-timer heard on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Bill Thompson, the voice of Droopy the Dog, uh, as Wallace Wimple. Um, lots of references to meat shortages, inflation, all kinds of stuff that was plaguing the country during World War II. Coincidence? <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. We will be back Thursday. Uh, it's going to be one of the most famous uh, suspense plays of all time, Sorry, Wrong Number, starring Agnes Moorhead. So if you haven't heard that, we got a nice, sparkling, clean copy of that to play for you. And it's a really great one. So be there on Thursday for that. 
We'll be back next week with another comedy, drama, or variety show. Check out the Facebook page, Good Old Days of Radio Show. Website, goodolddaysofradio.com, I think is correct. Yes, I'm getting this right now. Okay, and keep telling your friends and passing the word around. The show is growing, still still growing, so we want to keep growing. All right, until uh, Thursday, this is John Tiftiller saying goodbye. Goodbye.